And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as twitcasting.tv and our various networks. So we thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel, God's Mighty Angels. Revelation in the book of Daniel chapter 9. So we pray that you can stay tuned to today's program. And remember, our lines will be open. The local number is 321-363-8463 or 321-END-TIME, as well as 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to text in your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us the book of Daniel. Thank you for opening up its understanding to us, Lord, in a very, very complicated chapter, is chapter 9. So we do pray for your Holy Spirit to be upon us so we understand it and uh, be able to share it with those who are listening and watching. And we do pray for great blessing on them in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to The Truth Who Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we look at God's Mighty Angels, Book of Daniel, Chapter 9. Hey, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on twave.tv. And if you find yourselves in any of these areas here in South Florida, the Hollandale Aventura area or Fort Lauderdale, be sure to visit these ministries and be part of their weekly services and events. And also, we're in need of prayer partners. For those of you that are regular viewers and listeners, we'd love for you to become part of the prayer partners team to pray for our guests and also the various programs here on our network. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to this edition of today's program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Thank you for having me on again. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Nathan, and especially when you told me that things were good in Texas this week. Why were things better? Well, we're getting to the fall, and there goes the 100-degree days. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're absolutely right. That in itself is excellent news. I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably cooling down a little for you guys in Miami. Yeah, Nathan, I'm looking forward. Uh, You know, we're getting a little bit of the change in the time. It's getting a little... uh, you know, darker now, earlier, but it, but uh, uh, earlier, but it's it's fine because we know that that means cooler weather. It's on its way. Amen, brother. I'm looking forward to fall. I'm excited. I'm excited. And of course, Nathan, before we jump in and we dive in and we continue in the book of Daniel, I wanted to see if maybe you would take a minute or two and share a little bit about Lamb and Lion Ministry in case someone is new and this is their first time tuning in and they don't know much about your ministry. Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. It was founded by Dr. David Reagan, our senior evangelist, and I am the web minister and associate evangelist for the ministry. And folks can check us out on our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. And there they can watch our television show, uh, Christ and Prophecy. They can check out our articles, our blogs, uh, sign up for your newsletter, our social networks. You name it, we want to teach you all about God's prophetic word. Excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And also uh, a lot of wonderful resources. I, I, I always tell you that I love your Bible Prophecy Insight videos, and I'm showing those there in the back of the TV in case someone is watching us live via TWave.TV. And I also want to encourage those that are watching, listen, take advantage of these wonderful resources. Nathan, each one of those Bible Prophecy Insights, it's uh, how long are they, like 30 seconds or a minute? Just a minute. Yeah, we wanted to teach someone a little bit about Bible prophecy in just a minute and give them the opportunity to come back to our website at lamblion.com and learn more. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And those of you that are watching and listening, you can take advantage of these wonderful resources. I, I just love them. So, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Awesome. And of course, Nathan, we are, you know, very excited about today's program as we have been making our way now through our different series. You and I cover that series of God's Mighty Angels in the book of Revelation. And it sort of just took us back into the mini book of Revelation in the Old Testament that you call the book of Daniel, right? I think that's a great comparison. Daniel is the revelation of the Old Testament. Much of what's in Daniel is found again in Revelation, and you can understand Revelation better by understanding Daniel. But I'll give a caveat is that Daniel is not an easy book to understand. It's got a lot of challenges. In fact, Daniel himself had trouble understanding it. An angel told him, uh, you know, uh, Daniel 12, he said, you know, seal it up. You're not going to understand it to the end times. Right. Brother, I believe we are in the end times, uh, definitely, and we're starting to understand it better. 
But that does not mean that that makes Daniel any easier <laughs> to understand. But fortunately, where we don't understand things, uh, Daniel is given the interpretation so that we can understand it better. Yeah, and and and, and our promise uh, to our listening and viewing audience, Nathan, is that we're just going to stick to what the Bible says. And if the Bible is silent, we'll stay silent and not try to make things up, right? That is the best way to approach the Bible, yes. And, and we're not going to spiritualize anything, too. You know, if we can't find the literal interpretive meaning, then we're not going to say, well, spiritually, it could mean, <laughs> no, that's just speculation. Excellent point. And Nathan, I believe one of the ways for us to gain understanding is through prayer as God reveals to us things. And that is the heart of this ministry. And you and I, every week, we pray before we start the programs. I call you early. <laughs> I firmly believe in the power of prayer. I think uh, one movie that's out right now, uh, War Room, made a very powerful and compelling argument that we Christians are very shallow and lax in our prayer life. Yeah. But there is power in prayer. The, the Bible says so. and We need to be very dedicated to prayer. Matter of fact, uh, Daniel chapter 9, which you said we'd be covering today, is all about prayer. Absolutely. Excellent. And thank you for the wonderful segue, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of naturally flows there. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to be setting up the stage here, and I'm going to be reading Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. And then, Nate, if you don't mind taking verses 12 through 22, just in case someone is watching or listening as we're talking about prayer, so they can see how powerful uh, this passage is. You mind if I go ahead and start, Nate? Uh, certainly. Go for it, sir. Yeah. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, understood by the book the number of the years specified by the words of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in desolation in Jerusalem. Verse 3, Then I set my face towards the Lord to make requests by prayer and supplication and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And as I prayed to the Lord my God and made confessions and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps the covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face as it is this day to them of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in the countries to which you have driven them because of unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face to our kings, our princes, and our fathers because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against Him, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God, to walk in his laws, which is set before us by his servant, the prophets. Verse 11, yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. Okay, picking up in verse 12 to the New King James Version. And he has confirmed his words, which he has spoke against us, and against our judges who judge us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. Yet we have not made our prayers before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, you brought your people out of the land of Egypt with mm. a mighty hand and made yourself a name. As it is in this day, we have sinned and we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our father, Jerusalem and your people, are a reproach to all those around us. Mm. Now, therefore, O God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine in your sanctuary, which is desolate. 
O oh my God, incline your ears and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. Mm. We do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. Mm. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God. For your city and your people are called by your name. Excellent. In verse 20, now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel and presented my supplications before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision in the beginning caused to fly swiftly and reach me about the time of the of the evening offering and he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand Nathan like you said this is a powerful prayer and I mean here we see as you opened us up you talked about that movie the war room and it had to do with prayer and what I notice here Nate is the type of prayer that Daniel was offering it wasn't a half-hearted prayer all about me but it was about God's people right well we read later in Daniel that Daniel was very dedicated to prayer matter of fact Three times a day, he would go out on his little balcony, and he would look down towards Jerusalem. And he, you know, of course, he's up in Babylon, hundreds of miles away, but he'd face towards Jerusalem, and he would pray to the Lord. And if this is an example of what his prayers were like three times a day, right? wow, man. I mean, it is totally impressive how dedicated he is to a part of a prayer that we uh, Christians, I believe, neglect, and that is repentance. Uh, when I was a kid, I was taught that prayer means praise, repent, act, and yield. And if you keep those Ooh. four components, your prayer life will be really good. But, man, I, I know even in my own personal life, the repentance part yeah. isn't always there. But here Daniel is repenting. Now, Daniel was a man who was considered very humble by God, very uh, righteous, very holy man, as much as a human could be. But even he begged God for forgiveness for the yeah. sins of himself and his people. You know, Nathan, that's a very good point. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, these prophets were incredible men and women, but yet they were sinful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very important that when we are praying for our nation, that we remember that we're not perfect. Right. We're the part of the problem. We're sinful, fallen man. And, and so here Daniel gives a great example of how he's praying not just for the, the repentance of his own country, his own people that are now in exile, spread yeah. all over Babylon, but also for himself. And, and that's very important that, that we need to, in our prayer life, remember the repentance part. Very good point. And Nathan, also, as we kind of recap chapter 9 there, he says there in verse 1, in the first year of Darius, and then he gives us a little bit of the scripture. Can you open that up for us a little bit regarding this time while, when he is calling on the Lord in prayer? Well, certainly. Uh, well, when Daniel was exiled by King Nebuchadnezzar in uh, probably the second of the three exiles before uh, Israel, or excuse me, Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 B.C., is that uh, Nebuchadnezzar believed in taking all the young men, the noblemen, right. the learned men of every country he conquered, bringing them back to Babylon, as we read in Daniel chapter 1, mm -hmm. and then educating them in the Babylonian life. He'd give them new names, like Daniel was renamed Belteshazzar, and they were given uh, taught the language, which is Aramaic, and they were basically became Babylonians, and that's why he grew his empire. Uh, and so, but the Babylonian empire eventually fell under Belshazzar, and the Medo-Persian empire conquered it, and came in, mm -hmm. and they were very good to the Jewish people. And so here we got Darius, the son of uh, either read it as Hazarus or Xerxes, in the line of lineage of the Medes, because they're both the Medes and the Persians. And they are now the new guys in charge. It's, uh, Babylon is under new management. Right. <laughs> and here Darius, and this is what's called the first year of his reign. So the first year is uh, considered an ascension year, and then you've got the first official year after one year is done. So technically this is the second year of King Darius. And Darius was a good friend of Daniel. He took very good care of him. Daniel served Darius very well. I love that, Nathan. And, of course, here we see, uh, of course, they start talking about their 70 years. And then in verse 3 uh, and 4, uh, it starts to talk about uh, the, the type of prayer, Nathan. And he, he talks about prayer in verse 3, supplication, fasting, uh, sackcloth. And all those are really signs of true prayer, like repentance. <laughs> 
I mean, how many how many Christians really go to the trouble of fasting? Right. Have you put on, and which is a, I think a Middle Eastern thing, but where you took sackcloth, you know, old burlap bags, basically. You took off your good clothes and you put on a sackcloth, which is very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. it, it's uh, gritty. It, it's uh, chafing, and it was supposed to contribute to the part of repentance, kind of like a, uh, emoliating yourself a bit. And then you've got um, ashes. They would actually take ashes and dump them over their heads. So you can kind of picture Daniel there. He's not wearing his fine clothes as a royal right. courtier. He's wearing, you know, coarse burlap bag. His <laughs> head is covered in ashes, and, and uh, he's. You know, it's supposed to show that you're in deep sorrow. We can yeah. go back to the book of Job, and Job was the same way. You know, he was uh, miserable, and he was in sackcloth and ashes, and that went on for hundreds of years. And and, and wow, what a prayer life, man! I mean, I, how many of us do, do we even go into a dark closet and 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 make a prayer? Here we've got him literally abjectly in sorrow begging the Lord for forgiveness for his sins and the sins of his people you know Nathan and those are the kind of prayers that God hears is when we are really in a corner uh, when there is no way out that we can think of where we cannot manipulate or connive but we really sincerely just fall on our feet and recognize our need and also I love that because he says prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and verse 4, and he says, And I pray to the Lord my God and make confessions. And that's also another part, right, Nathan? is confessing our sins. Yeah, confessing our sins. And, and verse 4 is then the praise part, where he prays to the Lord. He, he, he calls him great and awesome, and he, people love him. And, and, uh, and with those who keep his commands, he, he shows love upon. And so there should be a praise aspect mm. of our prayer life as well. We, we of course, can pray praise. Yes. And then repent. And that's what I think most as Christians, we just do the asking part. <laughs> get right on it. And Daniel does do the asking part. But then there's the yielding part where he yields to God's will. We can mm. pray for whatever in our lives, but we have to yield to God's will in our lives. And that's not always what we want. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times it isn't. We, we don't choose certain things, but God wants us so that we can build. Uh, spiritual maturity and grow in our relationship and become more Christ-like. Excellent point. Nathan, you made a good point. We need to yield. Oftentimes we pray and then we try to help God out if he doesn't act <laughs> as quickly as we want, right? Exactly. God's timing is certainly not our timing. I I, I know myself, I, I've got a special needs child. He's 11 and he doesn't talk. He's got extreme Oh, autism. right. And you know, every night when I tuck him in, I pray to the Lord, oh Lord, you know, please give him I heal him of his autism, or at least give him the ability to speak. And, uh, and I've been praying that now since we found out he had autism. Uh, it's probably going on nine years now. And the Lord hasn't answered it. Mm. And yet I can read in the Bible, and I know for a fact that one day he will get his glorified body, he will be healed, I'll be able to talk to him one day. Sure do I wish that it would happen in this lifetime and not have to wait till heaven. Uh, maybe the Lord will answer that prayer in my life and Zachary's life, and maybe he won't. But I have to yield yes. to God's will in his life and in my life as a caretaker. And it's a very difficult thing. And many of us go through many trials and we wonder, you know, God, why aren't you fixing it? Why aren't you kidding? If you love me, fix it, you know? Yes. And God says, no, I've got something better for you. You just have to be patient. Wow. And you know, Nathan, you just ministered to me because you, you, you share something very important. I have three wonderful children and, and sometimes I tell them to stop talking because they talk too much, you know? <laughs> I would be more than happy if Zachary talked to us. He babbles, and right. he babbles a lot. And sometimes i like, please stop babbling so much. But, wow, if he was a talker and he got the gift of speech, man, I can't imagine a, a better blessing than, than that would be. I know my wife particularly, it's a, a tremendous burden on her as a mother, and uh, that would be an answer to prayer. So, again, Daniel, to make a comparison here, Daniel is praying for the sins of his people. Don't forget, Daniel might be a high-up level executive in Darius's organization, you could right. say, but he's still a prisoner. When yes. you think about it, he was exiled probably at 16 years old. His people had their houses and their homes and their families burned down and killed. He was dragged up. He was forced to become another culture, uh -huh. pick another language. Uh, he wouldn't bow and worship other gods. But here he is. He, he has no choice. He has to be there. He can't leave. He can't do anything. He's a prisoner in a gilded cage. And so the situation for Daniel is a prayer again and again. Oh, Lord, please yes. take this out of exile. Restore Jerusalem because Jerusalem 
is the city that represents you. It's got your name on it, and it's been burned down, and the people are laughing at you and saying that you have no power. Mm. Lord, I am just as zealous for your name as I am for my situation. Wow. And how many of us, when we pray, are zealous for the Lord's name? Wow. No, you know, Nathan, and that's true. So oftentimes our prayers have to say they're more self-centered about me. And we forget to give praise and we forget to give thanks. And we also forget to acknowledge our wrong. And I like verse 5, Nate. Can you read for us there, verse 5? That, that was awesome. Verse 5 goes, We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Mm. You know, and exactly like you said, there also needs to be a recognition on our part, you know. Maybe God is not doing something sometimes because he's waiting for us to straighten certain areas of our life or to acknowledge also our wrongs. And that's another thing too, right? Right, right. Uh, I think of the verse in that was in Second Corinthians 7 where it goes about a nation. If a nation repents and turns back to God that he will hear their plea and restore their land. Mm. And that should be the prayer for the United States. Now, we have fallen so much into depravity and wickedness. We have turned what's good evil and called evil good. Yes. And as a nation, we need to be like Daniel. And it starts with the, the Christians. Well, you know, as Christians, we think, wow, we're pretty good. We don't need to, to pray about our own sins. But our sins are contributing. Our adultery, yes. our broken families, our messed up children, our drugs, our porn addictions, those are contributing to the fall of mm. society, just like any person who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Good we, point. First, we need to repent of our own sins. Yeah, and I think that was Chronicles, Nate. Second Chronicles, I, uh, I think it's a Corinthians. Did I, 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 you know, I always get Chronicles of Corinthians. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Second Chronicles 7, yeah. Like that's it. all right. That's all right. But that's why we cover each other here, you know? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, but, but Nate, the yeah, <laughs> Nathan, confessing our sins, you're right. And, and you know, I think of abortion, Nathan. I think now of the issue with homosexuality. I just, I mean, really, we need to recognize as a nation, as America. I mean, they want, you know, we always say God bless America, but I think we should say repent America and then receive God's blessing. Yes, uh, uh, well, our founder, Dr. Ray, and his wife uh, made a bumper sticker that said, America bless God. Mm. I think that's so important because... You know, we always say, God bless America. Well, why should God bless America? We've kicked him out of our schools and yeah. universities, out of politics, out of the courts, and now we're trying to get him, force him out of our social lives. And why should God bless us? He, he, he has no reason to bless us. Uh, but uh, if America blessed God, wow. And you know how we bless God? By repenting of our sins and mm. obeying his precepts. Excellent point. Excellent point, Nathan. And, and that's why for those of you that are just tuned in, those of you that are watching and listening, again, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy, TV, Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at God's mighty angels to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, we're talking about prayer, repentance, and also praising the Lord. And you know, Nathan, uh, in verse 9 here of Daniel 9, he also talks about uh, regarding rebellion. Uh, and uh, to the Lord our God belongs mercy, forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which is set before us by his servants, the prophets. And, and again, he talks about verse 11. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out in us because we have sinned against it. And Nate, one interesting thing, even today, the Jewish people don't really accept Jesus as their Messiah. So in a sense, they still are being disobedient, right? Exactly. matter of fact, if we get later into uh, Daniel 9, uh, we will be able to show that uh, it is a calculation that shows when the Messiah, to the day, Daniel right. was told by Gabriel, the angel, when the Messiah will make his triumphal entry. And uh, that's when Jesus cried. He said, if only the people understood and, and accepted the fact that their Messiah is here, they would have saved themselves from the, another destruction when the Romans destroyed Israel in 70 AD mm. and cast the Jews to the four corners of the earth for hundreds of years up till 1948. And uh, it, Jesus actually wept over that. It, it bothered them so much. And uh, that's, yeah, it's very important we do that. Isn't it interesting, uh, just to comment on verse 9, 10, 11, what you read is the very definition of sin. Mm. Sin is rebellion. Yes. It is rebelling against God and his laws, his moral laws. Those laws meant to protect us and help us. And, and I just think Daniel is saying, he's not saying, 
you know, we have sinned here. He's explaining what sin is. And for those people who think that sin is, is a tangible thing, it's, it's, some, it's an action or something, it's not. It's a heart issue. Yes. It's a heart of rebelling against God. Wow, very well put. And you know, Nathan, one thing that I also noticed, verse 14 and verse 19, and it says there, therefore the Lord has kept the disaster uh, in mind. In other words, you know, he gives opportunity uh, to repent. He gives opportunity for people to uh, turn to him. But if we don't, he's not just going to turn his back and say, oh, just continue to do, I forgot. No, the Lord keeps it in mind. But if we do turn to the Lord, oftentimes he relents, right? I think it's very similar to kids who, or teenagers, who are having a party at their house. And their parents are away, and it's late at night, and they're having the party, and they're like, well, I know my parents aren't going to be coming back, and we're just going to rock the house, and the cops are coming out, it's so noisy. And uh, But, oh, the parents get home early, you know, it's midnight, and the parents show up, and the kids are caught in the middle of their party. And, you know, we as people believe that the king of the universe isn't coming back. Mm. We can party down all we want, and God's not going to come back. There won't be a day of reckoning. We won't get in trouble for, for disobeying the parents, so to speak. And uh, that's, I think, why we're seeing sin increasing yes. in our society greater and greater, because the people don't believe there's any consequence for it. Mm. And yet, we know Jesus has promised he will return, and he's returning to bring rewards for those who follow him and judgment for those who disobey him. The day is coming. A day of reckoning is coming. Yeah, Nathan, great point. And you know, Nathan, I, that's why you and I have a heart and a burden for young people to learn and understand Bible prophecy. Because if they understood that the Lord can return at any moment, it would affect their lifestyles, right? Oh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, knowing that Jesus returns motivates you to live a holy life because mm. you never know when Jesus is going to come back. You know, how is he going to find you? And two, to evangelism, to get the gospel out to as many people as you can, as quickly as you can, before the Lord returns. Excellent point. You know, Nathan, I really love verse 19. Before we go into the second segment of our program, do you? Uh, that's a wonderful cry there, uh, verse 19, right? He says, Oh Lord, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? I just noticed a repetition there of the call. Yeah, well, it's the, the ask part. You know, we've, he's praised the Lord, he's repented of their sins, mm. and now he's asking. He's, he's saying, Oh Lord, you know, listen and act here. Please answer my prayers. Don't delay. And it's not for the sake of what Daniel wants. It's for the sake of God's name. Yes. For God's glory is what Daniel's praying for. Brother, anybody out there who prays for the Lord's will to be done and for the Lord to be glorified, yeah. that prayer will always, always be answered with a yes. Woo, that is awesome. And I love it because three times it's repeated, Oh Lord, uh, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen. And, I, and like you said, Nathan, that is really a cry not just a lame prayer, but one deeply felt from the heart. God, we want you to move, right? Yeah, and he uses Lord, not capital Lord, but lowercase Lord, a more personal uh, Hebrew word. Uh, uh, like he's calling out, Father, Father, hear me. So this isn't, O King, O King. This is, O Father, O Father. Mm. And that shows a relationship that we have with our Father God. That is awesome. You know, Nate, I mean, that, that's just so encouraging because I believe that there's people out there watching and listening right now that they know about God and they've heard about God, but they really haven't called on his name, uh, called upon the name of the Lord to come into that relation, to receive that repentance and the, uh, to receive the forgiveness of sin. And Nate, before we go to the second segment of a program, would you be able to maybe... Uh, talk to that person watching and listening that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe how they can call on the Lord right now and receive His forgiveness. Well, do what uh, Daniel did. Praise the Lord. Repent of your sins. Acknowledge you're a sinner and ask for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to save you from those sins and the judgment of it and yield to His will in your life. Give Him control of your life. Make Him Lord of your life. Mm, amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. Those of you that are watching and listening, maybe you prayed to receive the Lord right where you are. Hey, let us know. Text us, 305-992-9537, or call us even if the program is off the air. And we would love to continue to pray with you and give you more information regarding this wonderful relationship that you have started with the Lord. And, of course, we ran out of time for the first segment of a program, but we're going to go on break, and then we'll be right back uh, with the second segment of a program. So we pray that some of you can stay tuned in to the second segment of the program. If you have to go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Nathan Jones, I want to thank you so much for being part of the first segment of our program. It's always a joy to have you on. Thank you, brother. Great to be on.
Awesome. The rest of you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying, may the Lord bless you and keep your eyes on the Lord. He is coming back very, very soon. Have a great day. And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as twitcasting.tv, twave.tv, and our various network. We thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're going to continue on the second segment of our program as we look at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. So we pray that you can stay tuned. And our lines will be open. Our local number is 321-END-TIME, 321-363. 8463 or 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to text in your questions or your comments. And of course, before we continue on the second segment of our program, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study Daniel, a very complex passage, and we do pray, Lord, you'll reveal what it means to us, uh, help us to share your word with those who are listening. Bless them, Lord, for wanting to grow in their relationship with you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to The Truth Will Set You Free TV, radio edition, Bible prophecy with Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we look at God's mighty angels in the book of Daniel, chapter 9. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Brower, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information here on twave.tv. And of course, before we continue, we want to give a shout out to those that are watching and listening as we are in need of prayer partners. Again, if you would like to be part of the prayer partners, give us a call, send us a text, would love to add you to that prayer partners list. And if you find yourselves in the Hollandale, Aventura area, Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to stop in and be part of our Bible studies and also part of our services. Wednesdays at 7.30, the truth will set you free. We'd like to invite you to be part of their Bible studies. They make their way through the book of Revelation. And of course, on Sundays, Calvary Chapel, Aventura, we'd like to invite you to be part of their services as they make their way through the book of Amos. So be part of that and uh, be part of 
of what the Lord is doing. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to the second segment of our program. Nathan, it's great to have you back. It's great to be here. So you're working through the book of Amos? Book of Amos, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I just finished a writing a book with uh, Steve Howell, who's a friend and pastor of mine, on the 12 Minor Prophets. And I got to do the chapter on Amos. Brother, that is a blessed chapter to cover. I'm glad you got it. Well, why are you telling me now? I could have stole your notes. I still need them. <laughs> I can give you an advanced copy if you want. I'm still looking for a publisher. But, oh! Uh, yeah, that... you could, you could, yeah, have an advanced copy. That will be perfect. Thank you so much. And that's going to cut back down on my research. <laughs> uh, Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. And I am so excited for all the wonderful things that God is doing in your life. And uh, I'm just uh, 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 so blessed to see how you have your hands in so many things. How do you do it? You Tell us a little bit about what you do at Lamb and Lion again for those that maybe are new to the program. So they can have an idea of all the things that Nathan is involved in. Well, it's nothing compared to you pastors who are in the <laughs> trenches day in and day out, but uh, for we evangelists here with Lamb and Lion Ministries, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is broadcast over TVN and Daystar, Church Channel, many other networks. You can also find it on our website at lamblion.com or christinprophecy.org. And there you can watch our television show, read articles and magazines, we have blogs, uh, a newsletter you can sign up for, social networks to talk to people. You name it, brother. We want to teach people how exciting it is that Jesus is coming back. Woo! Amen. Praise the Lord. And again, those of you watching and listening, check out that information there in the back of the screen. Those of you that are watching us live, you can see their awesome website, again, with all the displays of all the wonderful resources. And uh, men grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord in Bible prophecy. So, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing those wonderful resources. And, Nathan, also briefly, you guys have these wonderful conferences that you put together every year. And then you also have the opportunity to go out and speak uh, in different churches. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your availability, how people can also get you involved in, in that? Well, uh, the evangelists here on staff, including myself, are frequently invited to churches, uh, either for conferences or Sunday services, and uh, there we teach uh, their congregations and their audiences about uh, different aspects of Bible prophecy. So, yeah, uh, we get to travel quite a lot, uh, and it's just a great blessing. Uh, I know uh, near 2016, Lord willing, I'll be down in Miami with uh, you, brother. Excellent. And I'm looking forward to that, and uh, we get to share the the gospel with the, the churches down there. So, yeah, if yeah. anyone listening is a pastor and, and you want to put together a Bible prophecy conference or have us speak at your church, just contact us through lamblion.com and we'd be happy to come. Well, I am preparing Miami subs for you already, okay? So, get ready. <laughs> uh, well, it was a great blessing visiting you back, I think it was, what, 2013 we, we came down? and uh, Yeah. And you gave us a tour of Miami, and brother, you live in a paradise. Oh, thank you, Nathan. And it's a joy to have you. I can't wait to spend some time with you guys. And, you know, it's all, it's good that we get to do these programs together, but it's, sometimes it's nice to just be able to see each other face-to-face. -face. And, Nathan, also the Pre-Trip Research Center, they're having uh, another Pre-Trip conference, and you guys normally participate in that as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I met you five, six years ago. We met yeah. at the Pre-Trip conference. That's Tim LaHaye's conference. He has that early December every year here in the Dallas area. Folks can check, check it out pre-trib.org and there uh, that's one of the best conferences if you really want to get deep 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 into the study yes. of bible prophecy the best minds in the world come to that conference and man i like to sit there as a fly on the wall learning everything <laughs> i have to say and networking with my brothers and sisters in christ and there's lots of tables where you can get materials and so check it out uh, pretrib.org that's right well you and i are both two flies on the wall i hope nobody swats us as we're just taking in information <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but Nathan, we've been having a lot of fun making our way now in this uh, new series in the uh, Mighty Angels Revelations in the book of Daniel. And uh, last week, you and I were looking at chapter 8. And again, Gabriel coming there to Daniel and opening up these wonderful scriptures. Uh, any quick, a, a quick recap, Nate, maybe chapter 8 as we move on to chapter 9 or some of the things that we've already talked about in these prophecies? Well, Daniel, was, uh, that was his giftedness, his spiritual gift was prophecies. And he was given, a, in Daniel 8, as well as uh, in other chapters, visions of the human empires that would come and go mm -hmm. before Jesus Christ came to set up his own empire. 
And he used as messengers, as God always does, angels, particularly Gabriel. Gabriel here we've got in Daniel in two places, and then again in the New Testament where right. uh, Gabriel announced the coming of the Messiah. So we got to assume that Gabriel might be God's top messenger because, you know, you wouldn't give it to a subordinate. You want your top guy out there <laughs> saying, hey, the Messiah is coming, uh, Mary, and you're going to give birth to him. But here uh, we see this uh, Daniel, which is uh, about 550 years before Jesus comes on the scene. And here Gabriel has a special message for Daniel. Mm. You know, Nathan, that's why in our observation we notice that the, the, a large uh, part of these prophecies that are going to be opened up is Gabriel there uh, talking with Daniel and just the wonderful things that is revealed. And these are things that we can learn from today, right, Nathan? Because all these things are going to transcend really from the past all the way into the future, our time, and, it, and even into uh, an extended time when we're gone as a church. Amen, brother. This prophecy not only covers from the time uh, and we'll get into that, up to the Messiah's first coming, Jesus Christ. But then there is another segment, excuse me, that is offered uh, about the future. So yeah, that what we're going to read today happened historically, and we'd have to read through Daniel 11 to get the play-by-play. Play. Yeah. And But then there's an extra time period that comes after the church age that's called the time of Jacob's trouble, Jeremiah 37, mm-hmm. or Daniel's 70th week. And that's what this prophecy is, the 70th week of Daniel. And brother, I have to admit, it is one of the most complicated of the biblical teachings, and a lot of people reject this teaching, but it is clearly taught in Daniel about the time period related to the Messiah. Absolutely. Well, Nathan, and that's why I'm excited of this incredible revelation. And Nathan, maybe someone didn't tune in to the first segment. Would you be able to read for us again uh, Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 uh, through 23 as we start uh, talking about some things here that are going to develop? Okay, from the New King James, verse 20. Now I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel, and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God to the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, because being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you... Uh, skill to understand. And at the beginning of your supplication, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. I love that. Isn't that awesome, Nathan? I mean, the first thing that I noticed was uh, there, verse 20, it says, while while I was still speaking or praying. So it, it seems to me it was like, he it was, it wasn't even done, right? And God said, hey, Gabriel, go down there. And then this opens this up. And what's fascinating is that Daniel is deep in prayer. He's talking to the Lord. And now, how many times have you and I prayed, you know? And I have been like, Lord, I'd, I'd like a, a, an answer. You know, right. we don't want a verbal answer. Well, it's super, super rare. But here it is. God actually sends an angel to give the answer to Daniel. Now, it's interesting how deep Daniel's prayer is, which we covered in the last segment. I mean, he's just pouring his heart out to the Lord. He's, he's, he's in sackcloth and ashes. He's... He's praising the Lord. He's saying, please, please, for your holy name, come and restore Jerusalem. And so that's the kind of prayer that God is answering here. You know, and Nathan, we, we, you and I keep uh, uh, pumping up this movie, The War Room, and, and truly it was an amazing movie, right? But uh, yeah. well, we find the type of prayer that God answers, not just these. Uh, I mean, he does answer sometimes sort of half-hearted prayer like Jonah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not necessarily the way that, that, that we should pray. It should be sincere. It should be with repentance. And what was the acronyms you gave us for prayer that you learned early on? Can you talk to us about that real quick? Well, to help people pray, you take the word pray, and it's praise, repent, ask, and yield. In other words, we praise the Lord for his mighty attributes. We repent of our sins. We then give ask for our daily bread, our, our things that we want to happen for the Lord's name, and then we yield to the Lord's will in that mm. matter. I love that. I'm actually uh, putting that uh, in <laughs> mind because, boy, I need simple things to help me with things, Nathan. But I, I found it very helpful, and it's a, a great acronym that uh, children can use too. Yes, I really love that. And of course, we see the prayer is so important. You know, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith, he passed away a few years ago, but he says the men and women that God uses are men of prayer, men and women of the Word, and men and women filled with the Holy Spirit. Nate, and, and you would agree that those are the, the things how God uses. 
Yeah, yeah. He needs people that are dedicated. Now, sure, God has used, like we're going to read here, Darius, who was the Medo-Persian king over Daniel at this time. He wasn't a believer, but God's going to use him mightily yeah. and uh, in Bible prophecy to get things done to, to restore Jerusalem. So we're seeing here that God can use pagan people, and he's certainly yeah. like Alexander the Great, as we read about in Daniel 8. But yes. uh, here we're, we're seeing that God can also do it through his angels. And, and here we get the, the angel Gabriel. Now, I find that, now what do you think about this? Is that uh, he, Daniel addresses him as a man. How come mm. he says a man and not an angel? Well, you know, I think it's also messenger, uh, Nate, because we know in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and on, as they're talking to the churches, the message to the churches, oftentimes we know they use different uh, variations there of the word for messengers. And I think maybe when he saw his appearance, much like in the resurrection, when the angels appeared, and Nathan, that's a good question because he says he flew, and I think it's because we always think that angels have to have wings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and very few of them do. I mean, we know obviously the cherubim, the four living creatures that stand before the throne of God. But just because you're an angel doesn't mean, you know, you're, you've got blonde curly hair and some wings and a white robe. Gabriel appeared, and I think he answered it well, Gabriel appeared to Daniel as a man. So he could talk to him and, and relate to him. But you, another point is you know he's an angel because he didn't just knock on the door and come in. He flew in, right. <laughs> which shows that, uh, you know, He's a lot more than just a plain old man. And Nathan, and also primarily in the Bible, most of the angels are male. And also maybe that's why he also says a man. You know what I'm saying? In terms of male, as we relate to him. And um, and I think you're right. Not uh, Jesus, in a sense, he flew when he had his glorified body, but he didn't have wings. Right. Now, when we talk about the angels, you're right. They're all actually uh, referred to as male. There is one reference, I believe, in Zechariah where it says two women, and they, they take evil, and they put her in a basket of wickedness, and they take her up to Babylon. And are those women female angels? Uh, Jesus tells us that the angels are neither married nor given in marriage, meaning that they are neuters. They're yes. neither male nor female, although they have male attributes, and physically they look male. So mm -hmm. we know that biblically then, that angels are masculine, but that doesn't mean that they are men. They are angels. They're a totally different creation. Excellent point. And there's, Nathan, talk to us about the different types of angels. We, there, there's all, uh, the Revelation 4 talks about, Ezekiel also talks about. So it's not just, they have different categories of angels, right? Right. And there's a hierarchy. You've got all the way up to the, the archangel, like Michael, and there might be other archangels. Lucifer was a the mightiest of angels at one time. He was the guardian of God's throne, and of course we know him now as Satan. Mm -hmm. There's the uh, cherubim, there's the four living creatures that are right. before the throne. There's the seraphim, they're the ones that surround God's throne and praise him day in and day out. You've got your messenger angels, you've got your warrior angels, you've got angels that look like animals, you've got angels that look like acts of nature, mm -hmm. you've got one so large they could step across the sea, and you've got others are man-sized, so there's not just uh, you know your blonde hair, blue-eyed, curly-haired right. guys. You've got quite a variety of angels. Yeah. Do they have any dark Dominican angels? I'm just curious. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, they do, brother. They're, they're... <laughs> I have no. You know, bear in mind, Daniel was a, a Jew, a Middle Eastern Jew, living in Babylon, Medo-Persia. He was surrounded by Iranians. You know, when we look That's at dark right. skin, swarthy people. Yes. You know, if 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 your first thought of Gabriel showed up as a white guy, that would have been extremely strange to yeah. Daniel. It would have been extremely strange to Mary because, you know, they didn't really have a lot of interaction with white people. White people were up in Europe, you know, and yes. and Tarshish, the furthermost parts of the earth. So likely, if Gabriel came in human form, he got a picture he was dark and swarthy like you, brother. <laughs> well, that's a very good point, Nathan, because we forget a lot of times we interpret the Bible through our American eyes, our yeah. American view. And we need to turn that around more into a Middle Eastern. How was the culture like? How was it walking through the roads? What would they have seen? What would they have experienced? And I think you made a very good point, Nathan. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of have uh, had an African-American friend who says we see Jesus as a black guy. Now, again, we, we, we see him based on our own culture, but it, it's got to be the culture. He was a... Jewish Middle Easterner. That means he wasn't, uh, you know, uh, kind of pale skin like many of the European Jews, but mm -hmm. he, he was a dark Middle Eastern. Daniel was a dark Middle Eastern Jew surrounded by very dark Medo Persian people. And Absolutely. Likely Gabriel was uh, a man that was recognizable as that same race. Mm -hmm. Now, whether 
Gabriel always looks like that. I don't know if the angels can change their, their appearances or not. Right. Uh, the, the Bible doesn't, doesn't say, although we do know the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, came as a man and talked to Abraham, and he showed mm-hmm. up in the burning bush, and there, there's other different places where Jesus certainly changed his appearance over time. But whether angels can, that, that's a good question. Yeah, and Nathan, that's a very good point, and that's why we pray to anyone watching or listening. Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set Your Free TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. We're looking at Daniel chapter nine, God's mighty angels, and we're talking about prayer and also the manifestation of God's messengers uh, here. Again, our lines are open three zero five nine nine two nine five three seven. If you'd like to text in your questions or your comments, those of you that are watching us live via TwitCasting.tv, you can also post there your questions or your comments for us. Nathan, you know, that's a very good point because um, most people, when they think of angels, again, the little chubby uh, <laughs> floating on it, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> well, this whole idea of Cupid, you know, these Cupid. little fat babies with tiny little wings and they're, they're holding ribbons up at Valentine's Day, totally unbiblical. Right. Totally, I don't know what these Renaissance painters were thinking. There's nowhere in the Bible where angels are chubby little fat babies floating around on clouds. <laughs> not biblical. No. And these are mighty warriors, right, Nate, that when they're sent down in the Old Testament, 185,000 wiped out with just one of these mighty angels. And and the good thing is that the Bible says that you and I, we also have angels that have been assigned to protect us. And I oftentimes say the way that people drive in Miami, some of them need three or four angels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amen. Yeah, guardian angels. There are a few verses that, that hint that there are angels that God assigns to watch over us. Whether they're always there or not, uh, you know, that's, that's a very good question. But this angel, particularly, Gabriel, is always seen as a messenger angel and an announcer. And it's great, too. It says, and he talked with me. You know, mm. Almost like there was a conversation. Can you imagine angels showing up? Oh. And he just kind of, you know, the old term, rapping. He's just rapping with you. You know, he just right. rapping <laughs> with you. And he also comes with something else that's a blessing, the skill to understand. I love that. Isn't it great that we ask God for understanding if it is in his timing and his will, he will give us the skill, the Holy Spirit, to understand his word. You know, Nathan, and that's why we believe prayer is so powerful to understand Bible prophecy. And I believe a lot of individuals go off on rabbit trails, Nate, because they really haven't prayed and sought the Lord for understanding. No, no, you're right. They they haven't prayed. You've got to wonder, some of these teachers out there, if they've even asked Jesus to be their Savior, but we need the Holy Spirit to translate for us, and our sin nature sometimes gets in the way, and then we get mistranslations because we're not hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say. But if we stick to a literal interpretation of the Bible, we stick to the context, we don't spiritualize passages, we don't inject meaning into scriptures that's not there, that's the best way to interpret the Bible. You know, Nathan, what comes to mind there is Second um, Peter chapter 1, verses 18 uh, through 21, uh, when it talks about prophecy, and um, in Second uh, uh, Peter 1, uh, 18 through 21, will you be able to read those for us, Nathan? Did you pull those up by any chance? I can pull that up. Just give me a only, only because as you were talking, what came to mind in terms of skill and understanding is the Bible prophecy is not us, you know? It is the Lord that has to reveal it uh, to us, and in this case, he sent his angels, Gabriel, uh, to speak to Daniel. Right. Now, you said Second Peter chapter... Uh, 1, verses 18 through 21. 18 through 21. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And, and that's exactly what you're saying to us, Nathan, in Daniel 9. As we see there, Daniel was praying, right? And it was the Holy Spirit moving in this scene. Exactly. It, it, God is working through Gabriel to give understanding. Now, bear in mind that Gabriel is a messenger. He didn't create the message. Right. Sometimes you wonder if he even understands the message because... <laughs> Angels don't know the future, and here God is explaining the future to Daniel. Brother, some of the greatest theologians in the world struggle with Daniel 9. It's such a, a, a complicated yes. passage, but once you really understand it and you 
injected into the rest of God's prophetic word, it starts to make a lot of sense. Well, Nathan, and there are hard passages. You and I have talked about the battle in Ezekiel uh, 38 and 39, the timing of that, you know, and there is a lot of debate regarding that. And I think it's true. Sometimes I think God just wants us to trust him and to rely on him and he'll clear things up uh, when the time is right. Right, right. I mean, Big picture, if you're not into Bible prophecy or you don't understand it, you know big picture, Jesus is coming back. He said that three times in Revelation 22, and he's given us the great commission to go out and preach the gospel to the world before he comes. If if there's anything you need to know about Bible prophecy, you can know Jesus is coming back. Now, there's a lot more, 27 to 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. 500 verses in the Old Testament and 1 in 25 verses in the New Testament talk about Jesus' second coming. There's a lot associated with that. And here in Daniel 9, we get a big chunk of the timing of that because it, Daniel 9 gives us a time frame which we can build the rest of our prophetic understanding upon. Excellent point. And Nate, I know we don't have a lot of time to complete the whole thing this week, but could you, would you be able to just uh, maybe uh, introduce us there, uh, verses uh, 23 uh, to 25, in terms of what we're going to be looking at here in the, in the rest of Daniel chapter 9? Well, God is going to give Daniel a time frame for when the Messiah is coming. And what he does is, uh, uh, wow, you really want to get in this with one or two? <laughs> 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 uh, well, it's just it's, called, it's more of a wet and appetite. At least people can know where we're going to be going type of thing. Okay, well, let me just say uh, two words. Seventy weeks. <laughs> Seventy weeks. There you go. This is called Daniel's uh, 70-week prophecy. And uh, it will cover at least 483 years of, before the Messiah returns. And uh, that I can calculate, I can give you the step-by-step calculations to Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then there is a seven-year uh, time period left. We have part of Daniel's 70 weeks isn't done yet. There's a right. seven-year time period, and we know biblically that's what's called the tribulation, where God will pour out his judgment onto the world, and part of the reason that is to get the Jewish people to accept him as Messiah finally. Mm. And so we're going to get the history from Daniel up to the first coming of the Messiah, and then we're going to be an interlude, which is the church age we're living in now, and then the last seven years of Daniel's 70th week prophecy, that's the tribulation, which is still future. That is super cool. And Nathan, that's actually perfect because uh, verse 23 uh, says at the beginning of your supplication that commandment went out and I have come to tell you for you are greatly beloved therefore consider the matter and understand the vision so uh, there is a time for us to also consider contemplate right and ask the Lord to give us his understanding yeah I mean as soon as Daniel started his prayer at the beginning of your supplication in other words the beginning as soon as you prayed God sent me is, is what Gabriel was saying here and he did because he was greatly loved. And, yeah. and the Lord loved us. He's given us his word, the Bible, so that we can understand him better and mm-hmm. we can understand what's going to be in the future. And that way we can have hope and not be so fearful. I love that. And you know, Nathan, that's why we want to encourage anyone watching or anyone listening. God loves you too. God has a plan for your life. It's not that God has just chosen Nathan and I because we're special. <laughs> no, but he loves you that are watching, you that are listening. And uh, he has a plan for your life. And really that plan starts in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world. And if you're in the world, God loves you. He has a plan for you. That He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And, and Nathan, that is the plan that God has for humanity. Amen, brother. God wants us to be saved. He wants our sins forgiven. He wants to spend eternity with us, but we have to surrender our lives to Him. Mm, praise the Lord. And Nathan, just very briefly, I know we only have about a minute left of the program. How can someone watching or listening maybe start that relationship right now? They can pray in their heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and yes. be my Savior. Amen. And it is really that simple. If you place your trust in Christ, let us know. Uh, even if the program is over, we'd love to hear from you. 305-992-9537. We would love to rejoice with you in the wonderful things that God is doing. Well, Nathan, once again, our time uh, just goes wow. so quickly. And, and you and I were just warming up, right? It is. I, I look forward to next time when we cover the rest of Daniel 70 weeks. Praise the Lord. And if the rapture happens first, we'll talk about it in heaven, right, Nate? <laughs> we'll witness it. <laughs> we'll witness it. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the second segment of the program. I hope you have a wonderful week. 
You too, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And the rest of you, thank you for tuning in for today's program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you. And look up because the Lord is coming very, very soon. And of course, again, we thank you for tuning in. And I pray you all have a wonderful week.